couldn't leave without singing this song and dedicating it to all you guys out here. And really listen to the message of it, okay? It's what I want you all to know. Thank you. 
Thank you for being here. You ready for this? How do you? Do you? Oh, no small talk. Let's get into it. <laughs> I've heard about the families that in Mexico that they get separated at the border. If you were to be president, what, what would you do about that? I would stop it because as far as I'm concerned, you should never separate children from their parents. So I want to be the president of the United States, Fantastic. just like you. Yes, good. Now, why do you want to be president? Because I'm looking up to you, and I've always looked up to President Barack Obama, and I've always wanted to say that I'll be the second or third African-American president, yes. and that I've always put that game in me. And so it shall be. How will you keep bad guys from having guns? We can't let people have guns who are not responsible. What do you think the rule should be? Um, you should run a test to see if they're going to be responsible with the guns or not. That is excellent. And that's called background checks. Well, I go to a really awesome public school in Ames, but I know that some public schools across the country are kind of struggling. Could yes. you do anything to help? We need to invest in our public schools because it is people like you, our young, brilliant leaders, thrive and do really well in public schools. Tell me what you're worried about. Global warming and school shootings. Yeah. How are you going to help stop climate change? By 2035, we'll have electric school buses. By 2045, we'll have a clean economy. Here's the motivation. You. You motivate me. What's your plan to, mi to make America nice again? As president, that I actually am going to always reward people for being nice, not being mean. I think we are so much stronger when we are unified. And so I plan on unifying our country around the things we have in common, that no matter what our race, no matter what our gender, that we all have so much in common. There's a lot of great teachers. How would you try to get them paid more? You just asked a question that teachers around the country are asking. A federal investment in closing the teacher pay gap is it'll be the first time in our nation's history. They're not paid as much as they're worth. I want to have a nurse in every public school. I want to have a social worker in every public school. I have a plan to also pay teachers more. I don't like mean people. I don't like Donald Trump. Yeah, me either. You know why I feel like that? I think that the people who are the strongest people are like, if they see somebody fall, they go to help pick them up. Like, that's a sign of strength. It's actually stronger to be kind than it is to be mean. And that's that's a winning argument every time. Why do you think we should have background checks? Because if you don't know how they're going to react with guns, maybe they'll kill somebody. I'm going to pass what you said on to a lot of adults. And I'm going to ask them to listen to you and what you just said. Because you are so right. And you are such a great leader for saying that. Kamala was attractive, so of course a lot of the guys liked her, um, but she also had a, a reputation for being smart. 
you know, so if you want to step to her, you better step to her saying something important. She was always the one who was very even keel, not phased, and not in that I don't care way, in a focused way. She did the work. There was nothing given to her. I mean, and it was hard. She was one to not let anyone tell her who she was. All Americans, we go forward together. Now I'd like to show you Macintosh in person. My name is Jill Lewis, and I went to college with Kamala Harris. It was a very interesting time when we were in college at Howard in the 80s. The first African-American woman became Miss America, and it was an event because it was groundbreaking. It was something that we had never seen before. The Cosby Show came on during that time and the opportunity to see educated professionals in a functional family was a new phenomenon on television. To be coming of age in a time where you could see that possibilities were opening up. The horizons were broadening for women, for people of color. That I think was very important. Do not listen when they say it can't be done. Howard taught me, and it has taught you. You can do anything, and you can do everything. My name is Dr. Shelley Young Tompkins, and I had the pleasure of uh, befriending Kamala my freshman year at Howard University. On campus, um, she was known for being a woman about business. She and I would be mistaken uh, for, you know, professors because we would have briefcases, you know. A lot of colleges, people may wear jeans or sweatshirts. Howard was a school where people actually dressed up to go to class. Our generation felt like if we didn't start right now, you know, that would be problematic for us. So I think we took ourselves fairly seriously. Dancing was a huge part of our social life. So there was no event, no party that didn't involve dancing. We never went to parties to like walk around and talk and hold a beer. People danced. That was the culture of our parties. My name is Lita Rosario, and I recruited Kamala Harris for the Howard University debate team. A lot of times when uh, males and females are in, you know, debates or spirited conversations, the men kind of, you know, use their physical nests to kind of make their point. And I saw that Kamala, that she didn't back down when they did that, that she proceeded to make her point. And uh, it's funny because when I look at her on television today, I still see that character in her. There was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. Every school day of the year in Berkeley, the buses move almost 3,500 children across town. My name is Carol, and I lived around the corner from Kamala. Kamala and I were bused together from 1971 to 1973 to Thousand Oaks School. We met each other every morning at the, at the corner of Bancroft and Browning in West Berkeley and stood in line to get on the bus. Berkeley began the busing program because they thought that they should integrate their schools and because the neighborhoods were so divided. To be able to be bused and go into this other environment, it transports you into a whole another little, you know, universe where it just expands your mind. I just remember her being happy. She would talk, uh, sing songs. 
if the bus driver needed to say something and the kids were talking, Kamala would make sure, you know, people tamped down so that everyone could listen to what the bus driver was saying. I remember her being like sitting in the front of the circle. She was very attentive. She was paying attention. She wasn't talking. You know, some of the kids might be in the back talking. She was listening. She was listening to the story. Had she not been bused, um, you know, her life could have taken a totally different course. I recall her saying that she wouldn't be senator if she hadn't had that opportunity. My name is Stacy Johnson Batiste. Um, I've known Kamala since we were about four and a half years old. The one thing that stands out is she's, she's the friend that listens to you. Kamala's mother is Indian and her father was Jamaican. and She was part of a global conversation around race and identity at an early age. And I think that she had to learn how to become very secure within herself. She just really grew up in a very multicultural environment. But her mother raised her and Maya as black women, because that's what they were. And it was a very intentful upbringing. And, and, and Kamala really, you know, was proud of it. Shamala, Kamala's mother, was, um, you know, one of the leading scientists um, in this country, if not uh, across the world, you know, for cancer research. And she really impressed upon Kamala and Maya to be great and be who you want to be and you define yourself and you define who you are. Don't you, you ever listen and let anybody ever tell you what you can or cannot be. This this girl who I stood in line with to get on a bus to drive to ride up to the Berkeley Hills in our little neighborhood is running for president. I'm extremely proud. Extremely proud. When you talk about what kind of impact something like this would have when you're able to see someone come through those barriers, that frees not only yourself, but generations. I'm so proud of her, beyond words. <laughs> Everybody, as you can see, this episode is going to be a lot different than the previous ones. As you know, Kamala Harris is our vice president candidate for the Democratic Party. And so I want to get as much information out before the election and just celebrate her. So I decided to do a two-parter. This, this episode is strictly about the personal side of her. And she is so motivating that I had to make this part the marvelous Motivating Monday part. And then our wonderful Women Wednesday will be part two, where we will talk about the candidate. So let's just start off from the audio you just heard was when they did a episode on ABC where they wanted to talk to some of her childhood childhood friends when she was running for president. Just like the episode that she was talking to the little kids when she was running for president, I thought they were both relevant, even though at this time she is running as the vice president nominee is still who she is. So let's just talk about who she is. She was born in America, even though people keep trying to send her uh, origination of birth to Jamaica and India because her parents are from those locations. She was born in America. She was actually born October 20th, which is tomorrow. So let me say happy birthday 
tomorrow, but happy birthday, Kamala. And she was born in Oakland, California on October 20th. She actually is the oldest of two. She has a younger sister named Maya. And everything about her just family background is just already her foundation for where she is now. Because she had some very intelligent parents. Her mother, Shamala Gopalan, and if I mispronounce it, forgive me. You know, she was a cancer researcher from India. And then her father, Donald J. Harris. Oh, my goodness. I said I can't believe his name is Donald J. Just like the president. That's pretty weird. But anyway, he um, he was an economist from Jamaica. And her mother is deceased, but she was a cancer researcher. And her background was phenomenal because she graduated. I mean, both of her parents, just educational-wise, were just, just the perfect foundation of greatness. You know, I was doing research. I found so much stuff. So, you know, the mother, it says that she was the daughter of an India diplomat. She graduated from India's University of Delhi at the age of 19. So, I mean, that's pretty young. That, that means she was really smart. So she went on to Berkeley to get her doctorate. And that's where she met Donald J. Harris. Now, the dad, the dad is also very intelligent. He is a graduate from Jamaica's University of College of the West Indies. And of course, he went on to Berkeley, which is where her parents met. And her dad is currently a professor of economics at Stanford. So her parents' educational background is like the ultimate foundation. So she already had it going on. And then not just the educational part, both of her parents were really about doing what's right in the world and the community because it's said that they bonded over a shared passion for civil rights movement. Now, look at that. You got the educational part. You got the humanity part. So I just think that she had no choice but to be greatness. So we definitely want to celebrate her. And I don't know if anything else can be said to motivate people. She's just such a motivation right now, not just for uh, Indian South Asian women or African-American women, but for all women. You know, unfortunately, sometimes when you're great, you have a lot on your shoulders, even if you don't ask for it. And not just for the election part, but just for humanity right now. She is very inspiring for a lot of people. And as you heard when she was talking to the little kids, she was being told by little kids and kids are honest how she was inspiring them. And when you heard her childhood friends talk about her, look how she was just who she is now and who she's been inspiring them. So, you know, she's making a lot of people proud. And it was really cool to find out something that her mother said about her name. Because I at first thought when I found out her mother's name was Shamala, I thought she was just named after her mother. But this is something that her mother said in 2004 in the Los Angeles Times regarding her name. It said her mother chose Kamala's name as a nod both to her Indian roots. Kamala means lotus and is another name for the Hindu goddess. Listen to that word, goddess. Lakshmi, and if I mispronounce that, forgive me. And the empowerment of women. Her mother was quoted saying, a culture that worships 
goddesses, the key word, produces strong women. And amen to Kamala's mom. You know, uh, everybody remembers the comments that she made during the presidential debate to her now running mate, Joe Biden, about her situation being bust as a child. You know, it's not a secret. In first grade, she was bused to Thousand Oaks Elementary School. And one of the women that we heard in the previous audio, she was one of the ones that was on the bus with her. And it said, which was in its second year of integration. For the next three years, she played Miss Mary Mack and Cat's Cradle with her friends on the bus to travel from her predominantly black lower middle class neighborhood to her school located in a prosperous white district. So she has already shown culturally, ethically, racially, she can adapt, she can adjust, and she has experienced so many multicultural situations starting in first grade. So she's not no, uh, you. she's tough. She's not no uh, pushover or anything else. She is a tough person. She started out tough. You know, they said that, you know, as a child, religious-wise, she went to both Black Baptist churches and Hindu temples, embracing both her South Asian and Black identities. She was quoted as saying, my mother understood very well that she was raising two Black daughters. And then she later wrote in her autobiography, and she was determined to make sure we would grow into confident, proud Black women. And she is motivating so many people, especially right now, because not just the pandemic, but you know, the unemployment and people risking everything they built for and they're about to lose it. People need motivation. They need someone to encourage them. And I like that she is just, she's just like um, a melting pot of everything. And I don't mean her, her body. I mean her experiences. She's experienced so much. Listen to the different races, religions, and cultures I'm mentioning about her. I mean, let's just talk about just just a variety of things. She visited India as a child and was heavily influenced by her grandfather. And you go on YouTube, there's so many different uh, videos out there where she talks about her grandfather. And they say he's a high-ranking government official who fought for Indian independence. And grandmother, an activist who traveled the countryside teaching impoverished women about birth control. So look at this, her grandparents on her mother's side, they did stuff that wanted to make the world better. I mean, this is in her DNA. I mean, from generations, not just her parents. She's going back generations. You know, I just really want people to know that this girl is the real, excuse me, this lady is the real deal as far as trying to be a unit fire. Right now, the country is so divided. This woman's experience from birth has given her such a variety of uh, cultures and, and religions and backgrounds that she can relate to everything. I was reading that in Montreal at 13, she and her younger sister Maya led a successful demonstration in front of their apartment building. 
in protest of a policy that banned children from playing on the, on the lawn. You know, they couldn't play on the lawn. So Haramaya in Canada said, uh-uh, we're going to protest. <laughs> so, I mean, it's in our DNA. It's in her whole family's DNA, it sounds like. And that's why I wanted to highlight the personal side of her. You know, and a lot of people know that after high school, she attended the historical uh, Black College Howard University. And she majored in political science and economics. And she joined AKA. Uh, those who are not familiar with the nine, uh, the, the defined nine Greek sororities and fraternities, look them up. Those who know me know I'm a major, major advocate and supporter of not only Howard University, but AKA. So the AKAs and Howard, you got two major black entities that are extremely proud to welcome her into the family of love because um, she has made <laughs> these these legendary Afri African-American entities very, very proud of her. And for those who don't recognize the Ivy on my um, banner for this episode, that is the AKA banner. It said, I mean, that is the AKA uh, symbol that you're seeing where it's saying Motivational Monday and you have Kamala's word. So I thought that was an appropriate banner to put on there. Now, as everybody has seen, she is married. She's married to an attorney named Douglas Emhoff. Um, and as I said, if I mispronounce someone's name, please forgive me, who is a Jewish born New Yorker and he's an attorney. He's a partner who actually is uh, taking some time off um, from the law firm of DLA Piper. And I was looking at his birthday and it is so funny. He literally was born one week, one week exactly before Kamala. They were born the exact same month and year. He was born October 13th. And as I said, her birthday is tomorrow, October 20th. I'm like, ooh, that's chemistry if I ever saw it. You know, he is um, a father of, he's an experienced litigator as an attorney. He's a father of two. A lot of you all saw his family when she was uh, accepting the uh, nomination. He has a son and a daughter. The son's name is Cole and the daughter's name is Ella. So they say that they love her and she is uh, Mamala to them. So I really am excited that she is in a great family and they are supporting her and they're excited about her. But if, I just have to say this, uh, Cole and Ella, they adore her. And like I said, they gave her the nickname Mamala. But I just have to say this real funny thing for anybody over 40, you may know who I'm talking about, but uh, Kamala's husband, Doug, they said one of his most famous clients, this is according to Vogue.com is the famous Taco Bell <laughs> Chihuahua. I don't know if you all remember the commercial where the Chihuahua, he was like the major star in the 2000s. And he used to have this favorite phrase, which was, yo, Kiara Taco Bell. And uh, that was one of Doug's clients. I just thought that was funny because I was kind of uh, having flashbacks of that commercial. <laughs> and they said they met in 2013, set up by her best friend, Chrisette Hetland on a blind date. Look at that. Little did he know that that blind date would turn into a wonderful wife 
And then, as I said, on part two, we'll just talk about her career. And it's, it's just amazing. It's just so amazing that um, she started where she started. And I'm hoping she will become the first female, not just uh, half black and half uh, Indian vice president, but female vice president, because it is time, America. It is time. I mean, as everyone has heard, I'm sure from various sources, we always talk about the housewife. Um, I think my friend, Ms. Terry, had actually had made this comment too, how the housewife is the CEO of her family. And that being said, I mean, think about all the things women do, whether you're a single mom, a housewife, a girlfriend or whatever, we do a lot to try to keep things flowing and to have a vice president who knows what it's like to come from uh, a variety of backgrounds and still have to struggle sometimes because of what they look like, but still perseveres and makes it to the top. Wow. I mean, and of course, we have to talk about the real things, the policies, how it will affect our everyday lives. But I always tell people this, when you are a leader, if you do not understand the situations that the people you are leading are going through, you can't be as effective. You know, I've given many, I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of uh, speaking at work in different um scenarios. And I always make the comment that you're only as good as your team. And I mean, as a leader, I'm, 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 I'm talking about on the leader side. And when I lead people, whether it's through work or other situations, I have to really actually examine myself because if I'm leading you, I want you to know I've already been there or I'm least familiar with where you are. So I can come up with positive resolutions for progression. And I think right now we need two, two levels of leadership in the White House. Of course, we need our president to lead us and make the big decisions. But when you got the backup, <laughs> that is a person like Kamala, come on now, that's the backup. You know, think about relationships. Think about this. This is for the women, strong women. Think about this. When you say to your boyfriend, husband, or whatever, uh, your significant other, um, I got you. Think about what you're saying to them. You know, I got you. You do what you need to do. And if you need to back up, I got you. And men, don't get offended when I say this, but sometimes the backup is better than <laughs> the initial. <laughs> so I just think we need to really think about the election real hard and think about how we want to move forward in America. And I hope that you guys enjoy just knowing a little more about Kamala as a person. And we will go back into the political person on wonderful women Wednesday. I just wanted to do a motivational episode because I personally am motivated by just knowing her background, which is so much to say, but I'm trying to just kind of make it a little, little uh, compact so that you can just get an idea of who she is as a person, not as a candidate. 
So I just want to say, I hope you guys just found out a little bit more than you may have known. And if it's stuff you already know, that's fine too. I just want to be a person to communicate stuff. And as I said, this is a marvelous Motivating Monday. So I'm trying to motivate you guys to just keep your head up. Women stay strong. Women stay strong. Women stay strong. I'm going to keep saying it. Yes, because we are ladies promoting transparent advocacy. I am advocating right now for you women to get motivated, get out and vote. Make sure that you support everything you can that is in a positive direction because we will get through these rough times one way or another. And I just hope that Mariah Carey's song, Hero, motivated you from the beginning. I thought that was an appropriate song. And I actually like the version that she did live. I wanted to play that version because it was so emotional when she was singing it. It's actually a video you can go in on uh, YouTube and see. But I just want you guys to know that you are heroes. You are heroes. Think about it. Guys, you are wonderful. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but this is about the ladies. And I want you guys to think about every person that you see on TV when they get a chance to say thank you. They always say thank you, mom. So <laughs> women, we are powerful. We are inspiring. We are motivating. And I want you guys to just say bravo to Kamala Harris for what she has accomplished thus far and still counting. And I just hope that this uh, episode motivated you a little bit because as I always say, on Mondays, yeah, I need a lot of motivation, but I was very motivated during this episode. And so I hope you are. So please follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in advocacy, capital L is in ladies. Or you can hashtag us at Advocacy Ladies. I actually would love to hear from you. You can call us on our call in line at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcast host, shaypate19 at gmail.com. You know, I like to end all my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.